Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your Senior Care Consultant, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. We have an awesome show for you here today with my first guest in studio, Mr. Bruce Glenn. He's the owner and the CIO of the Glenn team at Infinitas. Write this number down. This number is good anywhere in the entire country, 913-563-7327. Bruce and his great team, they, they, have, they serve clients literally all over the entire country. So if you call that number, uh, he can help you out or someone on his team can help you out. So with that, Bruce, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. Good to see you again. Good to see you, and uh, you've done a lot of traveling uh, over the summer, so it's good to good to have you back in studio. Uh, Eight thousand miles, about twenty-two hotel nights, and oh. twelve cities. So, yes. Holy cow! <laughs> Quite the tour. <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. That's great. So, and, and there's an example. Bruce gets out and he goes on this multi-state tour, and he meets with all of his clients, individual clients, uh, businesses, uh, because he does uh, business with with companies and that sort of thing. Is that right? Bruce? Right. We do retirement plans for uh, companies, four hundred one k plans, hospitals, yep, colleges, as well as our private clients. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, again, reach out to Bruce Glenn, the Glenn team at Infinitas 913-563-7327. And, and Bruce, before we jump into uh, the topic of the day, um, I, I have to ask the question, you know, since we have a war that is going on in the Middle East and who knows, I mean, how far that's going to go and if it expands. Um, but uh, will that Middle East war have any effect financially for us here in the United States? Well, in the broader picture and in a longer time frame, I would say no. Wars typically don't of, of this nature. It's not you know direct against us. Um, you do see volatility increase after these type of item, you know terrible disasters. Um, it's obviously a very bad situation, but yeah, you will see the market be and we have seen it be more volatile shortly after this. But unfortunately, people become a little more numb to it over time. Mm-hmm. So you see the markets kind of you know steady up, and we're seeing that right now as well. So. Um, the long, long picture, it, it doesn't hurt the finances that much. Um, I would think it would have, if it has any impact uh, uh, on the negative side of things, maybe the cost of oil, possibly. That, that's certainly possible to me in the Middle East, but we haven't really seen that yet either. So, okay, good. Uh, we'll good. see. It, it, like you said, it kind of depends on if it expands or not. Hopefully it won't. Okay, yeah, hopefully that'll just stay contained and that'll all be 
settled up here. So, okay. And then what are you seeing on rates uh, today uh, in, in America? I know that um, you had mentioned before that you shop, you know, CDs and some other investments national, nationally. And a lot of times you can beat, or maybe most of the time you can beat local rates. So let, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Good point with the Federal Reserve, I think getting closer to the end, if not the end of the rate hikes, but we are certainly at higher rates than we've seen for a long time. And, uh, and like you said, we do shop uh, FDIC-insured CDs across the entire country. And I've seen money market rates, and don't quote me on this because they do change daily. So sure. I'm just going to tell you a rough range what I've seen recently. Okay. And we have a lot of our clients moving some of their typical bank money to us for these good rates. But we've seen money markets in the low 5% range, 5.1, 5.2 ranges on a premier money market. And then on six-month and 12-month CDs, we've seen rates above 55 and approaching 6%. When they get past a year, uh, banks aren't being as good uh, on those rates because they anticipate the Fed may lower rates back down next year at some point. So they're kind of short time frame on the CDs. But those CDs are typically beating our local uh, Midwestern rates by about 1% in most, mm-hmm. uh, most situations. Yeah. And that's the flip side. Uh, you know, I remember uh, decades ago my when you know, inflation was sky high and, you know, a house loan was, what, 13, you know, 15 percent, just horrible. But uh, my I remember my grandparents say saying that, you know, they had these local investments in some of these, uh, you know, very safe instruments and they made a lot of money on those things. So that that's the flip side of the high interest rate is you can make, you know, very nice returns in very safe investments, uh, at least for the short term. So. Right. And I've even seen a lot more um, uh, lucrative benefits from annuities. And we're not ah. a big annuity shop, but we do have them for people when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot uh, more enhanced benefits because the insurance companies are also taking advantage of these higher rates as well. Yep. Okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So let's go ahead and shift gears to cybersecurity. It is such a huge issue. We are all so exposed to cybersecurity, and there seems to be I don't I don't know how many I'll call them idiots criminals out there, literally all <laughs> over the whole world. You know, trying to get into our accounts and steal our identity and and our shopping habits and our bank information, just all of this stuff. So uh, you know, why is uh, cybersecurity so important? Well, it's a great question, Steve, and you're right. It's getting it, – main thing is that we're in a digital world, and it seems like almost every day they're, they're enhancing more and more things are digital or online or robotic or AI or whatever. Even robots bring you food out to tables in restaurants now. <laughs> you know, the first time that happened, I'm like – You've got to be kidding me! I saw that in what was it? One of the Rocky shows where uh, Polly had that yeah, yeah. Had, had that little. Uh, uh, it was a birthday gift to Polly in yeah, Rocky yeah. Uh, Four. Was it Four? I think yeah, it was yeah. Rocky Four, yeah, and, and he was spooked by it. Yeah, he's, he's like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" <laughs> and uh, oh, it was Rocky Three. Okay, Sean, Sean's over here putting up our three. No, so. it was Rocky Four before he went to Russia. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to settle this on the breaks. <laughs> you all call in if you want to tell us one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. We'll settle it on the break. But, uh, but the bottom line is, you know, I, w- I was at a restaurant and this little this little robot comes over and I'm like, what in the heck is it? And I, I'm, I'm like, I'm not talking to a robot. I, I, I insisted on talking to a person. <laughs> Maybe I'm showing my age. I don't know. Well, and that's part of the problem with cybersecurity, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's, it, there's lots of bad actors, and unfortunately, you know, it's an ever-changing world. It's getting it, it, it's escalating threats all the time, and unfortunately, there's low to no justice uh, to find these people and do anything with them. It just seems like they just get away with it, and there's nothing you can do about it, and it's just done and over, and you're you're in trouble. You know, I was out in, in Las Vegas doing some uh, business work with some folks out there, and. Um, 
they were talking about MGM had gotten uh, a really bad cyber attack, and I didn't know it, but Caesars, and so collectively there's tens of thousands of rooms out in Vegas that mm-hmm. are affected by this. Mm. And uh, there was a tech um, seminar out there, or you know, conference. Yeah. And there were some tech guys that were in there, and I don't know if I should or shouldn't say this, but one of those entities paid reportedly or unreportedly, but kind of under the radar, like thirty million dollars to these hackers. It was terrible. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I'm not going to say specifically which one it yeah, was, yeah. But that, and the yeah. other one didn't even report it. But and I don't, I can't verify that, but yeah. it's just I don't doubt it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that bad. Wow, that's and and, and you know it, it's. Uh, it, a lot of advert. I know enough about this to not even be dangerous. But uh, I've talked to a lot of folks that uh, do the data mining, and they're making millions of dollars selling information about you and I and Sean and everybody to all of these advertisers, so that they can track you digitally, uh, advertise to you directly, and it's it's kind of frightening at this point. I think. Well, even your phone does it. I mean, you can be talking about a particular topic. And all of a sudden, you do a Google search, and this, you're getting blasted with ads on that specific topic. Yep. I mean, it's it's I, crazy. I'm looking for a leather coat right now, and it's amazing. I've got leather coat advertisements everywhere right now. It's right. Yeah, that, that's very irritating. So what are the first steps that someone should take to help protect their digital information? Well, a strong password, and I can explain more thoroughly in a little bit, but strong passwords is where it starts at. And then, you know, if you've got multiple passwords out there, you might want to have a password management system. That's very, very strong and protected, and there's, you know, subscription services for that. And then, you know, regular updating of your password is very, very important. And then we we take everything to a, another level with two-factor authentication. And if you can do two-factor authentication yourselves, I would highly recommend that, where, um, you know, it, it, it ask your phone for a code if you're trying to get on your laptop or vice versa or you know, we have different computers, obviously, in different conference rooms. And, and so we have to re-authenticate by two-factor authentication. That's that's pretty strong. You know, a lot of a lot of times if you log into your system where you have an account, it will ask if you would like to enable a two-factor authentication. And uh, even though it's a little bit of a pain uh, for you, it makes it almost impossible for a crook to get, to get in there because they can't – they're not going to be able to follow through on that authentication. Yeah, I agree, and I recommend it highly. It's a little bit painful at first, then you get used to it, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's becomes yeah. part of your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, um, you know, it makes sense uh, for us to take precautions for online banking and other sensitive information, but what about emails? Yeah, great point. I mean, there's a lot of danger in emails also, and, uh, you know, there's these phishing scams out there, and they, they, they put things into your email, and they make you think that uh, – you know that, that it's somebody legit, and it's not. A lot of times, you got to really be careful of not clicking on anything that you're not really familiar with, or you don't know it's from a reliable source. You know, and and that that's a good point. Um, so many people have been hacked because they see an email. It looks like it's from someone that they know. They think they can trust it. Hey, you know, click on this. I want to show you something. You click on it, and boom, you just got hacked, or or you released unknowingly you release some phishing type of uh, ransomware or or, or phishing uh, uh, I, I don't know yeah if they can click a, a program yeah you know, if they can click in there they can take over your entire email and, and and you don't even know it sometimes yeah yeah and it's all under kind of kind of under the level that you can see and so right. a- anyway uh, so let's let's move on to the senior care live question of the week passwords with letters only is enough protection to keep hackers from accessing your account Is that statement true or false? What do you think? You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Passwords with letters only is enough protection to keep hackers from accessing your account. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... The answer is false. And Bruce, why is that statement false? Well, it's uh, you know it's a misnomer. A lot of people think they're okay with just letters, but actually, if you had eighteen letters, they could still figure it out in a matter of three weeks or so, which is a long time. But still, you don't want to expose yourself. If you just had numbers only in a password, that's almost instantaneous. They can find that out. So your best policies mm. on password strength is a combination of letters that are both uppercase and lowercase. Mingled in with numbers and then specific, you know, symbols of some sort or another. Okay. If you can do, you know, and then you're looking for, you know, several characters out yeah. on that. And, uh, you know, most of the banks in those type places are going to, you know, they're going to give you some guidance on what they want you to do. Yeah. But I would take that guidance and use it for other passwords also. All right. That is great information. We're speaking today with Mr. Bruce Glenn. He's the CIO and owner of the Glenn team at Infinitas at 913-563-7327. We're talking about cybersecurity day. And uh, earlier in the program, uh, Bruce mentioned that they shop uh, FDIC insured CDs and some other uh, other investments you know, nationally and, and usually can beat the local banks, uh, at least here uh, in our area and probably around around the country. So, if that caught your attention uh, and you're like, hey, I need to check that out, give Bruce and his great team a call. Again, anywhere in, in the country, they service the entire country, 913-563-7327. And uh, Bruce, uh, what about you know updating your systems? That can be a little bit painful, but you know how concerned uh, should someone be about keeping their software updated? Well, Steve, you know, it's not quite as painful as Mr. Producer Sean had to admit that he was wrong about our Rocky question. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. It was Rocky Four. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, because anyway. he was living large in the mansion, and uh, and uh, Paulie got his uh, got his robot before he went over to Russia. That's right. I, I've lived through worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, hey, Bruce. He's a Broncos fan. Uh, that, oh, poor guy. That, 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 I mean, that explains it all. So. Right. True story. <laughs> Very good. But, you know, back to the question, you know, it is a pain to update systems, but you really have to because these systems are under attack all the time. And the uh, programmers are having to consistently put in new patches to stop whatever the, the bad actors have found. And so they're continually doing things. It's a it's a cat and mouse game, right? They, yeah. It's like, it's like police and radar detectors. you got a better radar detector <laughs> yeah. and they get a better speed trap. Right. It's the same thing. It's a yeah. cat and mouse thing. So, yeah. And even if you can get your, your updates automatic with your, your yeah. carrier, that could – help you from mm-hmm. having things happen that could have been avoided. Well, and that that's a good that's a good point because these hackers are getting they're very smart. Yeah. I, I always thought, you know, if you used your intelligence for something good instead of something bad, I mean, they they could be you know, they could be anything they wanted to be and they could make all the money they wanted to make. I've just I've never understood it, but uh but you have to keep it once they figure out what you're doing, you have to be one or two steps or three steps ahead, and that's why you have to update your systems all literally all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's ridiculous. So for people who grew up before technology was this everyday thing, which it, it is now, uh, you know, what should they know to help keep them safe? Well, I mean, it's understandable. It's very fascinating. You see all the, the speed of this going on, and but it's also intimidating at the same time. And, and it just moves so fast, and it's easy to feel left behind. 
and uh, and unaware of the cyber risks and, and scams. And especially if people have already retired, they're not in the workforce. They're not talking to people as much. They're not, you know, companies aren't guiding them what to do, not what not to do. So we just become easier targets the older we get. And um, you know, and probably have more dollars to lose. And the younger generation grew mm-hmm. up with it, so they're more defensive by nature. So these hackers just know that older people are an easier target, and again, a lot of times more profitable. So it's just you know you just can't, but you know that being said, don't let age stop you from keeping pace. You can do things about it. You can go to workshops, talk to your family and friends. Younger people are happy to help you out. Ask us; we can help you out as well. Uh, we get our newsletter. We send out regular updates on all types of financial topics, but we, we cover this pretty thoroughly as well on a pretty regular basis. So uh, how can someone sign up for your newsletter? Right. So good question. So um, email us to the uh, Glenn with two N's, team at infinitaskc.com. So it's the Glenn team at I-N-F-I-N-I-T-A-S-K-C, like Kansas City, dot com. Or you can call us at 913-563-7327, and uh, we can send you out a couple of, uh, of items as well. We've got a great uh, you know, uh, white papers on uh, – you know, one of them is from Hive Systems. They're a great social media security guideline, and we've got uh, you know password tables and strengths and suggestions and a lot of other good content. If you want to call in or email us, we're happy to send you out some good information. Again, put us on – put you on our newsletter and keep you up to speed on a lot of these things that come up that are timely. See, and that um, I I would highly recommend uh, reaching out to the Glenn team at Infinitas. uh, And and if you don't want to email, just give them a call, 913-563-7327. Just request, uh, hey, just say, raise your hand. Just say, hey, I want to receive that newsletter. Sounds like it's some great information. So, uh, Bruce, uh, you have a resource for our audience to keep them, uh, uh, to help them keep safe with that cybersecurity effort. Uh, uh, Can you share with our listeners uh, what you have for them? Yeah, so like I mentioned, that Hive Systems, and it's going to get into pretty deep do's and don'ts on social, or on social media stuff. So just give you a little more breadth of what's happening here. So a lot of people overshare on social media, and they're sending pictures of, hey, I'm in Tahiti, or I'm oh, in Italy, or whatever. Yeah. And people that are watching that, you know, bad actors will get on people's social media. Well, now they know you're not at home, mm. and you're more apt to be broken into. Um they're more apt to be able to send an email scam or a phishing scam to maybe if they know who your who your bank is and say, hey, I, you know, I'm in Italy and someone stole our wallet and we need our money immediately and mm. help us out, you know, and they can, you know, take over that email and and you know make it look like it's them. Yeah. So it just opens you up to a whole lot of other things. You know, another scam. This isn't exactly cyber, but it's kind of along that line. Uh, I, I had a friend recently that had his car stolen out of his garage. Oh. And the um, police said that it was, had been happening a lot in the air, in his area where he was at. And it's in a good area, right? But what they had done is that somehow or other they got some kind of a computer coding machine that can go through and it can fast cycle through the codes and open up the garage doors and mm. then these are still cars out. So wow. the other thing is people will leave their cars in the gar- out in the driveway, may have the garage door opener. Mm-hmm. Don't leave your garage door opener and your car out in the driveway. Very, very important. And if you do park your car in the garage – uh, and you go in the house and deadbolt your your door into your house. Yeah. But again, it's kind of a, di- a digital world. It's just an example yep. of these you know these garage doors are hackable. They're they're on a system. See, and, and I I have one that runs through you know a billion different codes. But guess what? I mean, the bad guys can catch up with that, and right. and they can run 
two billion codes through their hacking system, and boom, there goes your garage door. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so this, this is such a great, great topic uh, in some mornings and, and some great resources, Bruce. I, I appreciate it. Again, reach out to Bruce Glenn with the Glenn team at Infinitas, 913-563-7327. That's 913-563-7327 anywhere in the entire country, and they will take care of you. All right, Bruce, thanks so much uh, for being here today. It's good to have you back in the studio, and uh, I appreciate all your helpful information. Thanks a lot, Steve. Good to see you. Thanks, Mr. Sean. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And now we're going to shift gears and speak with my friend Maureen Lester. She's an elder law attorney with complete estate and probate law. And Maureen, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. I am so glad to be here and to be chatting with you again. All right, and I'm really, uh, I'm really glad that our schedules worked out. And uh, and thanks for. I know you're really busy, so thanks for making time for our show as well. So. You bet. And uh, it's been too long. We need to we need to get you back in here way sooner than that. So it's been a, a, a gosh, what couple years or so i don't know it's been a long time (laughs) it has been and so you're due to have some more elder law uh topics on on online (laughs) no doubt no doubt about that so uh here's the phone number you're going to want to write this down now now maureen practices elder law in the kansas city area in kansas and missouri Uh, so if you're sitting in florida or california or texas or or phoenix or or washington dc wherever you're listening to this okay you're like now wait a minute how is this going to help me you need to understand we're going to be talking about the principles of elder law, and these principles are applicable nationally. Some of the numbers may be slightly different, but the principles are the principles. And we're going to also, on how you can find a qualified elder law attorney in your neighborhood, okay? But if you want to reach out to Maureen, again, 816-601-1234. That's pretty easy to remember. 816-601-1234 or online at completelawkc.com. So, Maureen, uh, tell us uh, a little bit about the firm that you're with and, and, and your role with Complete Law. So, Complete Estate and Probate Law tries to really do what our name says, and we try to be the complete picture for your legal needs regarding estate planning and probate issues. So you might start out with one of my colleagues, uh, Polly Bloomquist, who handles estate planning. So she's going to get you set up when you're in that early stages to make sure that if anything were to happen to you, that your property would pass on to who it's meant to. And the people who you want to care for your children are going to be their guardians. You have the choice over what happens to your stuff. That's a really important one. I, I used to stress a lot about that. Now the kids are grown. They're grown adults. But that's a very stressful time, you know, raising kids. Uh, you're raising children, right? And so, I mean, what if something happens to you? Uh, how do you take care of that? Uh, so that's part of estate planning. 
It is. And so many young people say, well, I don't have that much stuff, so I don't need a plan. But having the choice over who cares for your kids is the most important decision oh to me. Oh, my gosh. And the, the way that, that you do that is actually through a last will and testament. That mm-hmm. is going to dictate who would take over your kids as guardian. Now, what if you don't address that? How is that determined? So, God forbid, you and your husband, you're... You're, uh, you pass away from a car injury or, so, or something like that, some, something horrible, unexpected. If you don't have that taken care of, who, who makes the decision on who's going to raise your children? So there are default rules in certain states about next of kin, but basically you go through the court process called guardianship or conservatorship, and mm. the court will choose for you. And so that's, too, where you see you know families arguing over who's going to have the kids and, and things like that. So in order to avoid any of those arguments and, and in order to have the choice, that's why you need to have a plan in place. And see, I, I could just see that turning into a potential disaster because people come out of the woodwork, especially if money is involved somehow or another. I've, just, I've seen the worst in people and the best, but I mean, you, you've seen it too. Uh, and so look, avoid all of that and just take, get this taken care of. Right. So planning in advance is the way to do that. So then later in life, or if an unexpected health issue comes up, that's where you might see me. Elder law is going to focus on how to make sure that the right people are in place to help you make decisions when you're living, but you don't have the ability to make decisions for yourself. And it's going to talk about if you need expensive care for a long time, how we're going to handle who makes those decisions how you're going to receive the care, where you're going to receive the care, and primarily how you're going to pay for it. And so I'm going to look at the plan that you put in place earlier in life through that lens and how is it going to shape as care becomes a bigger and bigger issue in life. And then in our firm, if you do end up in court because the family is – needing to nominate somebody as a guardian, either for a child or for an adult yeah. who didn't plan ahead. Yep. Um, or you need to go through the probate process because a will dictates the plan or because there wasn't a will in place um, and you end up in probate court, then uh, we also have a litigation attorney who's going to take you through the court process. Okay. All right. And so I mentioned just a few minutes ago, these principles are legal principles regardless of where you live. So if someone is out of state, uh, where can they go to, I guarantee you we're pushing some buttons right now, (laughs) right? And so they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. And so where can someone go from, from another state, another part of the country to locate a, a, a qualified, experienced elder law attorney in their neighborhood? Right. And so there are a couple of resources, but the the biggest national network is called NALA, which stands for National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, and their website is NALA.org, and they have this great button right on the front page. It's called Find a Lawyer. Oh, okay. And you click on it, and you can search by your zip code. And when you find a NALA attorney, you know that that person is committed to the practice of elder law because it's not inexpensive to be a member. And so it's somebody who's probably not dabbling in elder law. They're going to be really practicing in elder law. And the benefit to finding an elder law attorney is that elder law is broader than estate planning. So every elder law attorney can do the estate planning. They're 
definitely going to be concerned about where your stuff goes when you pass away, but they're also going to look at what happens during lifetime. And so they're going to be qualified at estate planning, but also focused on elder law. You know, that's that's a really good point. So uh, N-A-E-L-A dot, is it org? You got it. N-A-E-L-A dot org, National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. So N-A-E-L-A dot org. And then just do the find a, find a, what's it say, find an attorney? Find a lawyer. Yep. Oh, find a lawyer and, and type in your, your zip code. And boom, there you go. And, and then it's going to have a list. And then is there any way you should filter through the list or I, I don't know if there if you can see any differences, I don't know, years of experience or I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So each attorney on NALA can enter in their own profile. So oh, okay. I do choose what information shows up on my profile, but I think it's important to know how long I've been in the practice, what states I'm licensed to practice in, you know, what are my areas of focus. Um, and the NALA website will also show how long that person has been a member of NALA. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun to see how long somebody has yeah. been a member of the organization. Um And that does clue you in somewhat. Now, there's a few professional designations, one of which is called a CELA, C-E-L-A, a certified elder law attorney. And there's a national governing board that um, puts on a test every year. And so after you have a certain number of years in the practice area and you've helped a certain number of clients in various different ways, then you can apply to take the test. So everyone who takes the test is qualified in some way. And then when you pass the test, you get that designation of CELA. So that means that's somebody who is very committed to the practice. How common? It, I, I'm I'm embarrassed to say I've never heard of CELA. So <laughs> I mean, is that very? I mean, how many? What what's a percentage of elder law attorneys that have that designation? That's a great question, and I don't know the exact number. Yeah. The governing board called NELF, um, National Elder Law Foundation, N-E-L-F, they may have statistics on their website, okay. but I'm going to guess it's less than 10%. I was going to say, it's probably not very common. Right. It's, it is a, it's a difficult test, and you have to help so many clients and hit different practice areas. So you have to really wow. be practicing pretty exclusively in the area. Kind of a PhD in elder law, kind of. <laughs> a I little mean, bit. I yeah. mean, I, I, I've I, been in the field for a long time and I don't have the CELA designation yet. Okay. Yeah. Yet. Yet. You'll get there. Yeah, is right. And so, and I also understand that you uh, are, you will be the next president of the Missouri chapter of NALA coming up in uh, January 1st. That's right. So, NALA is the national group, and then some of this, most of the states have their own chapter. Ah. Missouri has a chapter. Kansas has a chapter. So I'm involved at the national level. I help put on our annual educational events. Mm-hmm. And then and in each of the states where I practice, I'm also really involved in the state chapters. So usually the state chapters are looking at things like the changes in um, state law that are going to affect seniors and especially the state-specific Medicaid rules that Mm. are going to affect our clients. And then the national organization is looking at um, national trends in law changes and healthcare providers and even coverage through Medicare and other federal programs. That is amazing. Reach out to Maureen Lester with Complete Estate and Probate Law, 816-601-1234 or online at completelawkc.com. And we're going to have a whole lot more with Maureen coming right up. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so we're here with my friend Maureen Lester. She's an elder law attorney with complete estate and probate law. And as we mentioned earlier, all of these concepts are applicable all over the entire nation. If you're in Kansas City, reach out to Maureen and the great team at Complete Estate and Probate Law, 816-601-1234, or online at completelawkc.com. And if you're outside of the Kansas City area, just go to Nayla. N-A-E-L-A dot org. And then you can hit the button, find an attorney, put in your your zip code, and boom, that's going to give you a qualified list. Uh, Look for that SELA designation, which is kind of rare, but that would say a lot about them. So check that out. And uh, let's, Maureen, let's jump right into the, the, the question, what is Medicaid? So Medicaid is a federal program that essentially provides healthcare and other services for the most needy. So when you hear about Medicaid on the news, you're hearing about health insurance for indigent people who have little financial means. But there are so many programs under that Medicaid umbrella. And the one that elder law attorneys deal with is when somebody has entered the very highest level of long-term care in a skilled nursing facility, then if they are in a facility that will accept Medicaid coverage for their care, they can get help paying for that nursing home care from Medicaid. And I like to call it uh, that safety net that says if you have outlived your assets and you need the care provided in a long-term care community, that Medicaid program will pay the majority of that cost for you. That's right. And some states will even provide Medicaid coverage at other levels of care, maybe in assisted living, maybe even at home. And so that's going to be a state-by-state specific um, criteria yeah. based on their Medicaid program. Okay. And so how does that work? And I know, I, I, again, I could, I mentioned this offline. We could talk about this maybe for hours and hours, uh, and, and I'll definitely have you back again uh, to get into the weeds. Uh, but just in general, how does a single individual qualify for Medicaid? Right. So when you're going for the program that pays for that nursing home level of care, which that is a federal program, so that's going to be available in every single state. Once you've entered a Medicaid-eligible facility, then your main way that you get onto Medicaid coverage is by meeting the financial eligibility criteria. Mm -hmm. So what Medicaid asks you to do is they say, all right, sort your assets into two piles, a pile called exempt assets Mm -hmm. and a pile called available assets. And your exempt assets are generally going to be, and again, this varies state by state, but in general, you're going to be able to have a house, a car, an irrevocable burial plan, and a burial plot. And then some other states might also let you have other assets in that exempt category. Sometimes it's going to be a working farm. Sometimes it'll be an income-producing rental property. But generally, you're just going to stick with those other basics. And then anything that's not exempt is an available resource. And then Medicaid so says- So is that, is that generally liquid assets? I I, I, I kind of, I just kind of categorize it. And maybe there are some exceptions, but generally like checking savings, money market, mutual funds, CDs, those, those sort of things. That's 401ks, IRAs, et cetera. That's right. Pretty much anything that you can easily turn into cash. Okay. So that could also be things like the cash value of a life insurance ah, policy, yeah. annuity products that have cash values to them. So it can get, really sticky, but okay. um, yes, that's generally what available assets are. 
So your exempt asset uh, of a house, um, I don't know how many times I've worked with someone and they said, well, we went to this nursing home and they said, well, to, to, to get your dad on, on Medicaid and enter this nursing home, you have to sign the house over to us. And if I hear it one more time, I just may throw up. I, I, I don't know. I know. I hear you. And so that's Medicaid doesn't want your house, but they do want your money. Yeah. <laughs> so, so generally, yeah. here's what happens. So um, you can be eligible when you get down to your state's asset eligibility criteria or available asset level and all of those exempt assets. Okay. So in Kansas, for example, when you can keep all of your exempt assets and then $2,000 of available assets and then you're eligible for Medicaid. Okay. And what people don't realize is that you can be very strategic about what you do to get down to the $2,000. If you started with 100000 of available resources, you can be so strategic about what you do when you are spending down to the $2,000. You also can be really strategic about what you do with those exempt assets. You can help them help you down the road because what most people don't realize is, yes, you are eligible if you have a house and $2,000. And you can send in your application to Medicaid and they will grant you coverage. But then what they do is Medicaid will keep a tab for every dollar that they spend on grandma in the nursing home. Mm -hmm. And when she passes away, if that tab is up to $50,000, they will look at what did grandma own when she passed away. Mm -hmm. And if grandma still owned her house at the minute of her death, then they can, Medicaid can come back and they can request to be repaid from that asset. So it doesn't matter. If grandma put what's called a beneficiary deed on the house that said to Steve when I pass away, yep. Steve, you now think you're the owner of the house, but you are not until you make sure that Medicaid gets paid back. So you think you ha- you think you own you just inherited a two hundred thousand dollar house, but what happened is you're going to have to buy that house and then pay Medicaid their fifty thousand back in a state recovery essentially. Right, and unfortunately, what happens is so many families then are forced to sell that house yep. in order to pay back Medicaid. Ah, uh, see, that's that's terrible. And then we only have a couple of minutes left, but I just really wanted to touch on this. Uh, I've been to so many long-term care communities, and they offer to to fill out the Medicaid form for the family free of charge. Is that a good idea? It sounds like a fabulous idea because dealing with the government agency can really be a battle. And when you have somebody who's done it 100 times, that's great. But what the free nursing home services are not going to get you is that strategic planning on how to spend down to benefit grandma the most, on how to handle the passing of that house to the next generation. An elder law attorney can help figure out how to actually get that house to the next generation. Legally, because that, that's your job. And nothing against the person in the nursing home offering to help fill out a form, but they're not an attorney. They're not uh, NALA. They're not certified. They don't have years and years and years. And they don't understand that the law changed last week or the law is going to change effective January 1. And now this is a different situation. I mean, there's just a huge difference. It, it's an apple and I wouldn't even say an orange. It's an apple and a, a, a a Cadillac. I, I mean, it's, it's just it's completely different. Yep, that's that's right. And so strategically thinking through those things and having somebody to guide you through the process to understand when Medicaid has taken too long to let you know if you are eligible or not. Um, that's that's a huge game changer. And so many people say, well, I don't think I can afford an attorney. Here's the thing. When you're spending down from that, you know, even if you have $20,000 and you need to get down to $2,000, those attorney fees are part of that spend down. So mm-hmm. it can be so beneficial 
to save the family home and have the attorney help guide you through the process. Yep, there's no doubt about it. It's the best money you'll ever spend. Reach out to Maureen Lester. Uh, She's an elder law attorney with complete estate and probate law, 816-601-1234 or completelawkc.com. And again, if you're in other parts of the country, go to naela.org, find a local attorney, and they will take care of you. Maureen, i got to have you back. There's so many more questions. So thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.